Welcome to It's Called a Tasting. And it's classy. Today is August 10th, 2023. This is episode number seven. My name is Kevin. And I'm Liz. Welcome back. At least we're getting a little more consistent now. Yeah, it's been just like five weeks, something like that. So in the last five weeks, we've done a few things. Uh, We got a puppy. Oh, yeah. Her name is Rue, and she's amazing. She's practically housebroken already. Only downside is she tends to poop in the same spot all the time. Can't break her of that. I'd rather poop than pee. But she sleeps in her crate all night long. Put her in there, cover her up. She sleeps until 8, 9 o'clock in the morning. Goes right out to the restroom. She's perfect. Kind of dog is she? I think she's a mini pin. They told us she's a mini pin. I see it now. What is pin short for? Pincher. Okay. It comes from a Doberman pincher. Mm-hmm. She's perfect. She's lovely. She sits on command. She's 15 weeks now. Yep. She's very nervous and she's still afraid of me. Uh, she'll let me pet her, but does not wag her tail for me yet. I'm the only one in the household she doesn't wag her tail for yet. She's starting to play a lot more. She is definitely a digger. She shredded how many pillows or parts of the pillow? Yeah, I don't know. Quite a few stuffed animal dog toys already, yeah. Uh, we we also biked in out in Granville. I, I talked about that in the last podcast, how I wanted to go out there and go biking in the hills and then have dinner at uh, Three Tigers afterwards. So we did that a few weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. I like climbing. I'm not good at it because you know it's Ohio. You don't get to climb unless you go looking for it like we did. Um, like 2,000 feet of elevation climb over 30 miles. Some good hills at 15% inclines at certain times. But I really liked it. I'm, I want to go do it again. I don't know if we'll get out there this season, but we'll do it again. I'm getting better about it. I'm not a big fan of hills. I could spin all day long. I enjoyed the length. The length was good, but I did not like the hills. Yeah, you did what, 20 miles? Mm-hmm. No, 28, I thought. Were you up that high? I was 30, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. But let's get to the big thing that happened in the last month. Issue one failed. Oh, yeah, that was really awesome. It's good for us. Yeah, it was really surprising heading into it. Again, mainly because we do bike and we get out into the countryside. Hold on. What is issue one? Oh, yeah, it's a good call. Issue one was going to change the way we vote um, as a public here in Ohio. It was going to change the passing rate, required passing rate for something from 50% up to 60% which I'm actually a little okay with, and we'll talk about that more, but the real concern for me was you were going to have to have 5% of the public sign your petition to get things put onto the ballot from every single county in Ohio. So if you have one of these you know, rando counties that you just can't find anybody to get something on the ballot, then it's not going on the ballot, and I didn't like that at all. Right. It's kind of indicative, or at least I think it is, of how the primaries are going to go here in the spring, or later this fall. I'm not convinced of that yet. I still think a lot of people just, even on, on, I mean, let's be honest, issue one was proposed by the Republican Party and backed by the Republican voters. 57%, it failed 57% to 43%. That is not how our voting typically goes in Ohio. It's usually closer to the 50-50 mark. So I, I think there were a lot of Republican voters that smelled that this was a dirty bill or dirty law that didn't want to see it happen either. Mm. Yeah, I'm okay with a stricter, not stricter, a higher percentage of votes to pass something. I don't know if 60-40 is the right number, but I don't like the idea that you could vote on something and have it pass at 50% plus one vote. And you could potentially vote on it three months later. I know that's not how it actually works, but two people could change their mind and now it fails. Two people should not be you know, deciding the fate either. Maybe 55-45 is the correct number. It should be definitive. 
I didn't like the uh, I didn't like the image that was going around the whole time about Ohio State Michigan, where if Ohio State gets fifty nine points and Michigan gets forty one points, Michigan, Michigan wins. wins. It depends which side of the, the football field you're on, and at the same time, we shouldn't be comparing laws to sports. It, sports are trivial in comparison. Absolutely. Right. So the, it's not fair. We shouldn't be holding the, to the same standards. Agreed. But still, I in, in either case, it was really that five percent that was that was getting me and then if the five percent from each county hadn't been there i don't know that i would have voted for it either but at least considered it a little more i thought it was uh also very hypocritical that they said or the republicans placed a mandate was it last year that said there's no more special elections yet they brought this as a special election in august yeah i just read up on that too this week i believe they were trying to get it on the ballot for may but couldn't And that was back in November. So early this year in 2023, they were able to push and get it onto the August ballot. But yes, after this one going forward, there's supposed to be no more special elections. This one seemed to be grandfathered in sort of because it started in 2022. Mm. All right. So let's talk about this wine tonight. Tonight we're drinking a 2017 Secret Squirrel Red Blend. Why did we pick up this wine? We just wanted to go back to our, our roots. We wanted to go back to Metza, find something that we knew we would like and enjoy. It's a little outside of what our typical wines are. And we asked for some su- suggestions, and she came, and the lady at the shop provided this to us. And it's very rare to find a Grenache, pure Grenache. And this was a Grenache. This is not a blend. It's a red blend. Really? She said it was a Grenache, a, a, a sole Grenache. No, it's 61% Syrah, 21% more Vedra. Oh, it's a GSM. That's what it was. It was a GSM that I like. But GSMs are right up my alley. Is that a type of red blend? Yeah. Okay. So Sherry turned it on to me. We all like Syrah. It's really nice. Grenache is really tasty. It's really smooth. I have no idea how to pronounce that third blend in here. More Vedra? M-O-U-R-V-E-D-R-E. I don't know. But it tastes awesome it's just very smooth and flavorful i enjoy them so we asked for some this specifically and she pointed us to this and the bottle looks really neat the art on it is really cool we're not to that part yet i know so let's do some background on this real quick so the interesting thing is when i went looking for it if you google secret squirrel the first thing that comes back is a cartoon character created by hannah barbera from the 1960s (laughs) I, when I saw the image, I thought I recognized him. And my first guess was seeing him on, uh, what was it? No, Wacky Races. You don't remember watching Wacky, Wacky Races? No. Okay, sorry. But he was not in Wacky Races, so I was making this up. I, I don't think I've ever seen him. Yeah, he existed from 1965 to 67. They rebooted him in 1993, and the show was called Super Secret Secret Squirrel and renamed him to Agent 000. They aired the show between two episodes of Two Stupid Dogs. A Nickelodeon. Yes. It just interesting things about him. There's a phrase that call, or that says secret squirrel stuff that is lightheartedly used in the U.S. intelligence agencies to answer questions about what they're working on. What Wh- is it? That's it. What are you working on? Secret squirrel stuff. <laughs> uh, it's also a slang temp- term for members of the Secret Service. Oh. Secret squirrels. Or I am a secret squirrel. And then lastly, Marcy Playground recorded a song about him called Secret Squirrel. Who's him? Oh, Mar- from... Marcy Playground? They did Sex and Candy, hanging around downtown by myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they recorded it on the album after their self-titled album, which contained Sex and Candy. Okay. All right. 
So most interesting thing about this winery is that I couldn't find anything on it. What? Pretty much nothing. Um, the only thing we know is that it's in the Columbia Valley. Actually, it's in Walla Walla, Washington. What was that again? Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, well, I'll explain why that's funny because I, I knew I knew it from somewhere and it took me a minute. Yeah, I went to their website. The only thing they say in the About Us is, you know, here's where we are. They don't even tell you how they make their wine, hmm. anything like that. So with that, we're going to skip it. Okay. Oh, so let's start with the city, Walla Walla. So Lewis and Clark passed through this area when they did their journey to the Pacific. Walla Walla is about 70 miles west of the Idaho border and just a couple miles north of the Oregon border. Okay. Population's around 34,000, so it's just a hair bigger than Bowling Green, Ohio. I was going to say, that's tiny. It's sizable. Agricultural and wine are its primary industries. It's home of many fictional companies from Mary Melody's cartoons. Why do I know Mary Melodies? That would be your Bugs Bunnies. Oh, yeah. So whenever they came up with a fictional company, not always, but sometimes they would say it's from Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, <laughs> it's just fun to say. It is. Walla Walla, Washington. And then notable people from Walla Walla. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, you should try saying it. <laughs> it's easy. It's not a tongue twister. No, it's a Walla Walla. Yeah. Walla Walla. Walla Walla. <laughs> Notable, I, I felt bad because notable people from here included a Nobel Prize winner, scientists, and physicists, but I only recognized two names from Walla Walla, Drew Bledsoe. Mm, football player. Yes, and Adam West. Batman. Right, or Adam West from Family Guy. All right, and so then this region is the Columbia Valley region. It produces a lot of wine, and Washington, the state itself, ranks number two in the United States in wine production. Really? Just behind California. I, that's surprising. It surprised me too, but it makes sense after doing this research. So Columbia Valley is a large section in the center of Washington that stretches into Oregon just a little bit. It occupies most of the center. Cascade Mountains are off to the west. The Cascade Mountains provide what's called a rain shadow, and I've never heard that term before until I read it. I knew what it was. I just hadn't heard the term. Okay. Uh, rain shadow is when you have a nice high and wide mountain range that squeezes the moisture out of the atmosphere, right? As the moisture is coming in with the air and it's going up the mountainside, it cools, condenses, and rains. So that yeah. so the moisture itself doesn't make it across the mountain range. And it's a very arid and dry face after that. You didn't know this? Uh, no. I don't, oh. I'm not a big weather person. Oh, I remember this from elementary school. You're a goober when it comes to weather. Sorry. So the Cascade Mountains provide a rain shadow over the Columbia Valley. So the Columbia oh. Valley is very dry and arid. So it has nice, long, dry growing seasons with low humidity. Waters in the river in the area are used for irrigation. This provides warm days and cool nights during growing season that help balance the acid and sugar levels in the grape, which give all Washington wines their characteristic balance and flavors. Just looking at Columbia Valley by itself, compared to the state, about 99% of the wine for the state is coming from this region. Oh, Interesting. Temperatures in this region can drop from 40 degrees Fahrenheit to zero degrees Fahrenheit in a matter of hours. Uh, many vineyards are using wind turbines to keep their air circulating and prevent frost. I was just going to say, how do they keep them from freezing? I don't know, but it says they the vines typically enter a state of dormancy during the winter rather than freezing. So when they come back in the spring, they're healthy and ready to grow. Oh, I'd like to look that up. That's interesting. Weather in Walla Walla is generally 5 to 10 degrees warmer than Columbus. Okay. Right, even though it's further north. I guess they, I don't know how much the ocean would contribute to that, the temperature at least, but significantly drier, right? We have, I think the number was 41 inches of precipitation a year in Columbus. Okay. They are at 18. Wow. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess the only other difference in the weather is their summer nights still tend to be a little cooler than us, be like five degrees. So their highs are in like the 90s right now. I didn't actually go check to see what today's weather was, but then expect a low around 60. Oh, that's my weather. And no humidity. Oh, that's my weather to sleep in. All right, we're not going to talk about government for this one. It's Washington State in America. But let's talk about the wine now. You can describe the bottle. It's a typical green bottle that you would normally see with a red wine. It's shaped like a, a more like a Pinot, or not a Pinot, like a cab bottle instead of a Pinot bottle. The art on it is really cool, though. So it's a cat with... No, it's a squirrel. Yeah, it looks a like a cat. <laughs> it looks like a cat. But it's really neat. It's a squirrel with... It's a really, mask. It's a really neat red mask. How would you describe it? It's, it's like a masquerade mask. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. That's the word I was looking for, masquerade. Somewhere between a red and a burgundy. It's not quite either one of those. Right. I like it, actually. I want to keep the bottle. I, I do, too. I don't know what I would want to do with it, but it... It's neat. It, it makes me happy. <laughs> it's just silly. Yep. Oh, there's one important thing on the bottle, though. You need to read the back. Just read it word for word. I'm not to be circulated among your average party guests. You know... The ones content to fill the glass to the rim with whatever in, is in arm's reach. Now, I'm the one you discreetly hide behind the espresso machine and snag for those like-minded associates who love to share a good secret. Find me. Hide me. I'm your secret squirrel. Oh my god, that's cool. That's not us, though. That's not us. We, we take whatever's handed yeah. to us. Because <laughs> we like wine. <laughs> I saw that, though, and I liked it. That uh, is pretty neat. ABV for this bottle is 14.5%. Oh, it's gonna, you have to look at the legs and guess. Oh, do we? No. Hmm. It has legs and it looks like it's 14.5%. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> we'll look at it here in a minute. <laughs> so this one's going to be fun. 14.5% is a little on the high side. That's just a little more than a six-pack of 5% beer. Oh, wow. Yeah. The best-known 5% beer is Budweiser. So it's easily just a little more than three Budweiser's each. So this bottle will be fun. All right, now let's talk about what it looks like. What What's the color? What's the thickness? It's really dark and really thick. It's not easily seen through. I don't think you can see through it at all. Yeah, I can't. Right, if you hold it up, hold your finger behind it, you can't see anything. No, nothing. And it's more burgundy than it is like a purple color, which I, I didn't expect. But Oh, I was thinking more towards purple. Really? Yep. Okay. All right, what does it smell like? I only smell the alcohol. It burns my nose. I smell the tannins. Is that what you smell? Because I know the answer. I already looked it up, right? I know this one's not supposed to ha be strong in tannins, but that's what I smell. Hmm. It smells sweet, dry, somewhere between. Dry. I think it leans dry. Yeah. It's a red. It's going to be a little sweet. Uh, a little dry, you mean? Whites are usually sweet. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Bitter or acidic? I am going to guess acidic. I haven't tried it yet. I haven't tasted it yet. It's, I think it smelled very acidic. Tart? Yes. Let's uh, let's finally taste it. I like it. I taste chocolate. Oh, really? No. Oh, yeah, I guess a little bit. I thought it tasted cherry. It hit me in the nose for some reason. I felt it in front of my tongue before I tasted it. All right. So I, I think it is a little on the sweet side. I, cherry is the first thing I thought of. I tasted chocolate and tobacco. Okay. I think you might be getting better at this than I am then. So I, I know cherry is not on the flavor profile. So is it bitter or acidic? No, not for me. It's a little earthy for me. I think it tastes a little acidic to me. Okay. It's not tart. Not at all. No. And then I think it has just a little bit of a bite. It's definitely not smooth. It's not crisp. Just a little bit of a bite. But it's not in the back of the tongue. It's in the front for me. Yeah. All right. So what would you eat with it? I don't know. I Maybe like a, 
and we always say steak, but maybe like a, a really juicy pot roast. I'm going to save mine because I know the answer quotes around it because, again, I didn't have anything on this winery and it doesn't list it on the bottle. So I, I was just going with what people say on Vivino. What they would, actually, no, no, I take it back. Vivino themselves listed what you should eat with it. So it's sort of professional. What score would you give it? Oh, I really like this one. Really? Yeah. Out of five? Yeah, out of five. Out of five, I would give it a four, five, four, six. Really? Yeah, I could drink this all day long. Four, five to me means that you would go racing out to the the store to get another bottle. Okay, maybe not. Like a four, one then. I would give this a three. I think it's the bite. I don't. I don't like it. I like it a little smoother. Mm. Or my. I like my reds to be a little smoother. I really like it. I like the earthy feel to it. It's not bad. It's just okay. So flavor profile. This is what users on Vivino said. Oak, vanilla, chocolate, blackberry, dark fruit, earthy, leathery, smoky. I'm getting better at this. Yeah. Or at least blending in with the Vivino users. Ooh, look at me. What are the actual recommended food pairings? And this came from Vivino themselves. Beef, deer. Well, they, they list a game slash deer. I think a game meat would actually go well. Either this or lamb. Ooh, lamb would be really good with this. And then mature cheeses, which always makes sense with red wine. And then mushrooms. Why? I don't know. I Oh, if you put it in like a really savory gravy, I can see that. And putting it over like a steak, like a Swiss steak with mushrooms and gravy. And then having this. Yes. That's what I was thinking when I said pot roast. Like that really hearty, thick meat with really savory gravy. Okay. So the vino score average was 3.9. So you were right in the ballpark. I was under. And then I think we know the answer. Would you drink it again? Let's put it this way. How about the price point for this bottle was around $25, right? Yeah. We were just trying something different. For your 4.1 score, how eagerly would you run out and get this $25 bottle again? Probably not. Special occasions, maybe? Yeah, Yeah, special occasions. Or... We haven't drank in a while, or we bought a nice, had a nice dinner prepped up. I like cooking, so if I cooked a really nice hearty meal, I would go out and get a nice bottle like this with it. I wouldn't touch it then. It would just be your bottle. If you really enjoy it, you should enjoy it. I'd rather have like a Malbec yet. I know I say that all the time. Another one you like is something along the lines of sexy chocolate. It's sexual chocolate. Where would this one compare to that? Oh, sexual chocolate is way above this one. And that one is, what, $10? Yeah. Something, $12 in that range? Yeah. Okay. At least when you say special occasions, I I think more that one for you. So would you still go out and buy this $25 one or stick with sexual chocolate? Stick to sexual chocolate. I really do like the flavors of this. I don't, like, it's not tart for me. It has really smooth aftertaste. It's really good. Okay. And again, this is... Just a little more alcohol than a six-pack at 5%, so let's have some fun. Tonight, we're talking about diet and exercise. And what I really want to, what I want to cover is what I think, or what has definitely had worked for me, and I think what are just general good guidelines to follow when you're trying to diet and exercise. What would you like to cover? Why I diet and exercise. I think it's neat. I I think there's there's a different aspect of it. Uh, You do it for, I don't know why you do it. I have a lot of emotional baggage that comes with weight. My family has a really bad addiction to food and they don't take care of themselves. 
So I grew up with family overweight and eating whatever they want, had no control. So meeting you and being with you has changed my lifestyle from what I grew up with into what we have now. And it's for the better. And I haven't been happier in probably all my life than I am right now since we've changed our diet and exercise routines. So I think of it as an emotional thing, not just a physical thing for me. And we didn't we didn't know what we were doing when we first got together and moved down here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, our, our eating habits weren't good. It took time to figure that out. It wasn't until 2004 when I started eating better and, and losing weight. And that, that wasn't even following a, a list of things to do. That was just... I'm going to cut out all the crap. I'm just going to have chicken breast and a veggie for dinner. But that's because we all grew up in families that were farm farm culture where you ate hearty meals and, and you that, never burned it off. That's what I was getting to. We, we've talked about that on this thing already before. Your mom, from what I've seen, still likes to cook high caloric, tasting good meals. Meals that taste good, probably better. But that's not what we should be eating in this day and age when, right. when we just sit around all day at desks and which is also partly why I exercise. Um, I have a list. I've I made this a long time ago. I didn't plan on pulling this out tonight, but we're here, so I will. Six reasons I run. Hmm. Because it's not one. I want to be in good shape, but still have food that's bad for me once in a while. I want to lead by example. Uh, I think running is typically viewed as a hard activity, and I want to be an I can person in a world full of I can'ts. Uh, I still have goals that I haven't reached yet in running. Racing is fun for me. I, I know I'm on the competitive side. I'm in the top 10% of most of the races I'm in, at least when I'm in shape. So it's it's fun to be up. I'm not in the front. I'm not, right, people in the race, I can't see the leaders, but still close enough that it's a comp- competition. It's definitely competitive, and it, it's fun for me. So it's four, five, getting faster is fun. There are moments when your speed and ability to, su- to sustain it surprises you, right? How am I still running this long for at this speed? I I wish you would have paused in between these so we could have talked about each of them after. Do you want to talk about... We can do that now. Okay. So I want to be in good shape but still have food that's bad for me once in a while. Absolutely. I agree with that. Eating out once a week was a very hard shift in mindset for me because Mm. eating out was the normal. That is the normal in the U.S. is eating out, right? Would you agree? Depends who and where, I think. Okay. Right? Your citizen that lives in the middle of the rural areas, no. For your 20-something city dweller, probably. Hmm. But either way, I agree. I think eating out once a week is a treat, and you have to work hard for it. It just took a while for that mental shift. In my mind, getting food out is very easy. It's everywhere you go. And committing to only eating once one meal out is extremely hard. Not only does it save you in your health, but it saves in your pocketbook too because eating out at fast food nowadays is as expensive as sitting down at a, at a sit-down restaurant. Mm-hmm. Two things on this one yet. For me, I love doing the long run or long bike ride on Saturdays. Saturday is usually our cheat meal in the evening, right? It helps me feel good when it comes to that cheat meal. Oh, I worked my butt off harder today than I did the rest of the week. I worked my butt off all week. I can have whatever I want and enjoy it and then go back to regular diet and exercise the following day. The other thing is you were talking about the restaurants and they have to cater to the person who's going to eat the most, unfortunately. And we've gotten wiser over the years where my favorite thing to do with you is split an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. But that fills us up. In fact, we take food home from those sometimes just because of the size of, of the portion sizes at restaurants. 
and I, I don't understand that. I, how do people fit that in their in their bodies? And that's just the culture that we have here. They've trained themselves to. And that's unintentionally. I still think that eating out once a week is a privilege and you have to earn it. And I agree with you. Working out all week and then treating yourself to that cheat meal is worth it. Everybody needs a cheat meal. Point number two was I want to lead by example. Running is a hard activity and I want to be an I can in a world full of I can'ts. Does it have to be running? No, no. Exercise does not have to be running. It, it does not. But my point there is running is very often viewed as a hard activity and very frequently people throw up the I can't. Oh, I agree. R- rather than the I don't want to. Are any physical activity that's more th- more exertion than, than you, you would like. For you, it's running. I think swimming long distance is hard. I think biking long distance is hard. I think anything that, that gets your heart rate up at a threshold that's uncomfortable is hard. And people nowadays just cave in. So I agree. I think it's, I want to show people that it's not easy, but it's worth it. Biking's a bit of a conundrum is not the right word. No, yeah, conundrum's not the right word. It's, 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 I think it's unique in the exercise world because if you look at running, you go from walking, and you can call it jogging, but jogging is really just slow running, right? You go from walking to running. There is no in-between. I don't know if about sw- – I haven't done enough with swimming to know if swimming is similar or if you can take it casual. But biking, there is a wide range. You can go from casual biking that's the equivalent of walking all the way up to racing, and there's levels between. It, it, there's not a jump like there is from walking to running, where now you're bouncing and it takes more effort. Hmm. Agreed. I still have goals I haven't realized. Hmm. What do you mean? Can you give an example? Well, one I recently hit that I'm okay never hitting again now is breaking 20 minutes for 5K. Right? It's the only, that was back in February. I was 44 years old. And th- that's the one I love. I, I was 44 years old. This is the only time I've broken 20 minutes in a 5K since high school. And I was 44. See, I think I have a love-hate relationship with running. I had such a, a different approach. I was, I loved running in high school. It defined me. It was who I was, was based off of running. Everybody knew me as a runner. I wanted to change that, and I went too far. I hate it now. It does not like me. My body doesn't like it, but I found other things. Biking, swimming, those make me happy, and they give me those physical needs. Every day I find something new on my bike. As of this summer, was especially this summer, I'm pushing past my thresholds, and I'm starting to feel that way about biking that you feel about running. Okay, point number four. Racing is fun. It's all competitive. There's an unspoken camaraderie, 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 and it's a celebration. Why is it Why is it a celebration? I think every race, not every race, that's too strong because we have one coming up a week that's not a celebration to this, uh, but I think a lot of those are a celebration of the fitness and the work that went into it. I am sad, though. I do see people that go out for these these types of races. The five-miler that we're going to run here in a couple weeks. Next week. Is it next week already? Next Friday. Holy crap. Okay. So next week, I see people go out there. They're, I know for a fact they have not trained at all. They don't run. They, they're not active. You can tell. Physically tell. They have beer guts. And they come out and they just kick my I'm oh. not going to lie. Just kick my and it's frustrating because sometimes I actually try and I train and they walk the floor with me. It's irritating. Hmm. I'll call I'll call this person out by name, but not related to, to weight or training because I'm sure he does. But B-Man is out there every year oh. yet and, and he's 
up there in age, and every time I see him running, it looks like he's in pain. Yeah. Well, he has to be like in his late 80s. No, he had a kid in my graduating class. Really? Yeah. Point five, getting faster is fun. There are moments when your speed and ability to sustain it is surprising. I agree that across all the levels on that, and it applies to all activities. When you get better at something, it makes you feel better. Prouder. The pride that you get from increasing and bettering other people or getting into that stage of eliteness is what I feel is attracting to getting healthier. What's another example of that then? What do you mean? What's another example of pushing a boundary? Because like if I taught myself a trick shot in hockey, I would not get the same satisfaction as I do from being able to sustain a speed faster or longer. What about like artistry, like painting, getting better about that, exceeding that? Maybe it's... I think those two things, the artistry and the hockey, are, are talking about skills. Why? Where running, I've now pushed a physical bond boundary further. I couldn't do this a week ago. I can do it now or a month ago or whatever time frame you want to choose. I don't know. You have to train, mentally train your body and your muscles to react the same way over. Not mentally train. You don't think so? No. That's not mental that's allowing you to run faster and longer. It's physical. Is it only physical? There's a little mental, but that's that's physical. Okay. I buy it. Point number six. I have been beaten by classmates who were not runners and I don't like it. <laughs> that kind of leans into to what I was just saying. I don't like those people that look like they're unhealthy and they still beat me. It's frustrating. A little bit. But plus, you were a really good runner in high school. So I don't know that this has happened to you, but imagine getting on the course and one of your classmates is there and beats you in the race. It, it's been motivating for me. Like, I can't believe this person beat me. I'm going out there and I'm pushing myself harder. This is garbage. That's my six reasons why I run. No, but getting healthier was, uh, it's been a, a, an up and down for me. I, like like you mentioned, I, when I was younger, I was really fit, really healthy. And I'm not going to blame her. I'm not going to blame having kids, but having kids wrecked my body. Because not only I gave in, I gave in. Yes, you gave in. Okay. I wasn't. No, sure I, allow- I, was- I allowed myself to do it. And then it just compounded when you have hormones and emotions that you can't deal with. And struggling mentally does affect you physically. And it took me, what is it, almost 18 years now to figure it out. It's still a journey. I'm better. I'm yeah. much better. Over the last year, it's been a little different. Coming to reality, having Marta here, having Allie leaving, having Marta leave... There's nobody else but myself, and I have to be happy with myself and have to look at myself in the mirror all day long. I'm going to change that. I don't want to be unhappy when I look at myself. Okay. So I have this guideline that I wrote for diet. I can walk through this, or is there something else you want to tackle? So I do want to mention, though, I am not obese. I'm overweight. Overweight, overweight yeah. I think only because you we were, you had me fix your spreadsheet yesterday. BMI was 27 Yeah, on the nose, I think. Yeah. Still not impressed with myself, but we are currently on a diet plan that is blowing my mind. I'm enjoying it. It's fun. I feel in control for the first time in a long time. So we've been doing this killer diet for like the last two weeks now. Yeah. Two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. So... This is the first time I've had that mental and physical switch go off where you have constantly reminded me over the years that I have to do certain things. This is the first time that I've wanted to do it without you reminding me. We've started doing intermittent fasting. I'm working out five days a week 
getting between, what would you say, six, seven hours of actual physical activity? Per week? No, you're not up that high. You don't think? No, no. You're, yeah. I, I mean, it's on the digital board. It shows you. I would guess you're around four. Okay. But either maybe, way. Maybe up near five. It's still quite a bit. Over the rolling average over the last week or two has been losing four to five pounds a week. You're down 10 pounds already? No. Okay. No. I'm down six pounds in two and a half weeks. I am down, officially down, I think six and a half. And there's a catch to this number that nobody addresses and it drives me nuts. When you first start losing weight, nobody, I shouldn't say that, that's too strong a word. A lot of people don't seem to account for the food that is moving through your digestive tract, right? When you put something in your mouth, that's in your body for close to 24 hours, something like that. So when you're putting a certain amount of food through your body... Your digestive tract isn't racing through it any faster or slower based on the quantity. So it's in there. You're just reducing. When you start dieting, you start reducing the amount you're putting in there. So, of course, you lose a pound or two immediately. That's how Biggest Loser did it in week one all those years ago, right? You'd see the people that dropped 20, 30 pounds in, in week one. Well, guess what? They're not putting a crap ton of food in their body that week. It, it's easy. Yeah. So everything's going out, but nothing else is coming in. So. But, well, yeah. Much lower. Much lower. Yeah. I think the other aspect, it's not just the quantity, it's the quality of food that we're putting in our mouths. Um, we're, we've sh- shifted the family to gluten-free. You don't think we have? Well, more high level. The diet we're following is very close to South Beach. Okay. Right. So we, we, we reduced our carbs a ton. In fact, really the only difference between the diet we follow and South Beach is South Beach says for the first two weeks, cut out your carbs entirely and your sugars, nothing. And then they say gradually work them back in until you're at a maintenance point. We skip the two weeks. We don't go carb free. We just immediately go low carb, you know, cut out breads, cut out potatoes, cut out. I can't think of another carb offhand. I mean, mac- chips and chips are gone. Mac and cheese is gone. Mac and cheese is never a big pretzels, part of our life. Anything that has bread pretty much in it. Yes. And we don't cut out sugars, but we cut out refined sugars. Right. Right. Fruits are still good from day one. So we load up on fruits and vegetables every week and the healthy snacks. I think the little sugar treat that we give ourselves is the low-fat cream cheese dip that we have with strawberries. Oh, yeah. I did look the other day. There is refined sugar in that. Yeah. But it's one of those things that you can't deny your body or your your mental. You're going to crave it too much. And then when you do have it, it's going to be a binge. And that is that's the piece that, that's slowly changing in my mind is... Food is an addiction. It is extremely hard to break if you don't address it and if you don't recognize it. And I think that's what the mental shift in my mind over the last few weeks. Okay, so we're covering some stuff that I have on my guide anyway. And again, I wrote this guide like two years ago just when I was doing really well for no reason at all except that I have it as a reference if anybody asks. Let's go through these. So this is general guidelines. Three points. Number one, eating is by far the most important step. If exercising vigorously four hours per week, eating can still healthily account for two thirds of the weight loss far outweighing exercise. I remember back in 2009, I was doing 30 miles a week running and I could double my calorie loss. My calorie loss from food alone and eating right was double what I was losing from exercise. So point there is you cannot outrun or out exercise a bad diet. Great. All right. Number two, exercise is still important and cannot be ignored. Without exercise, you will not become a fitter version of yourself. You will also lose muscle mass and merely be a smaller version of yourself. Having more muscle mass will also help burn more calories and increase metabolism. Agreed. So what does that translate to when you when you look at yourself or in the mirror or look at yourself on the scale? Just because you don't lose the weight doesn't 
doesn't necessarily... No, that, that's a myth. That one's garbage. Really? Yes. Anytime somebody says, oh, I guess I didn't lose weight because I gained mass or I'm retaining water is garbage. They're kidding themselves and not being critical. Not a thing. It, it was called out by Jillian Michaels years ago. That exact point. Uh, number three, look for opportunities in a sedentary lifestyle to become more active. Take breaks during the day and do an activity that is not exerting. I, For example, walk, shoot baskets, play hockey with the dog, etc. Target 10 to 20 minutes each break. Yeah, so we do that at work. It's gotten easier since we've been back to the office, but when we're home, it's so hard. It's really hard to get that, that break. It is. I don't even do it. Not at home. I mean, it would be so easy to put headphones in and do one lap around the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. That's a half mile. And take the dogs for a walk. That would be awesome. Yeah, work has that nice big atrium inside that's a quarter mile one way. So there's a half mile lap, even during the wintertime. And then during the warmer days, I like to go outside and walk outside in addition to that. Let's talk about eating. Okay, so carbs. Mm. Two points under carbs. Eliminate anything with refined sugars. Like I said, (laughs) if this was part of your life, work very hard to eliminate it from your diet. Number two, complex carbs, grains, potatoes, rice, should be consumed in very small quantities and no more than once per day. Substitute cauliflower in recipes that call for potatoes. Ooh, cauliflower is my new best friend. I love cauliflower. So when we do have like bibimbap or we have homemade stir fry, cauliflower rice tastes almost exactly the same as regular rice. I've actually gotten a couple of our friends to turn into mashed cauliflower instead of mashed potatoes because they taste almost identical. If you make them right, if you let them set up, they taste exactly the same. The texture, the feeling, the flavor, it's all the same. The calories and the carbs are drastically different. Yeah, I was just looking at this guide because I start talking about calories in, in the next one under dairy, but I don't have a rule in here for that that needs added. I know everyone hates counting calories. I don't like counting calories. But ultimately, that's what it is. Calories are a measure of energy. And if you put that energy in your body and you don't burn it, guess where it's going, right? You don't put more gas in your car than you need. So I have a little caveat with that, okay? Okay. The difference that I did, so we used to, we we calorie counted for months. I tried calorie counting for months. Do you know what tipped it over the edge for me? Drinking water. Drinking water between three quarters to a gallon of water a day made me feel fuller yes it made me feel not as gassy and didn't make me hit that fixation that i had something in my mouth all the time Mm -hmm. so going back to the addiction drinking water is a good substitute for the addiction of putting food in your mouth yeah it is and I, i don't have that bullet on here either and it should be one of my tricks is drink a tall glass of water 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 voila oh back to washington voila voila yeah Drinking a tall glass of water in the 16 to 24 ounce range, you know, not not chugging it, but finish it in five minutes or so, and then chewing a piece of gum makes me feel like I ate something. Plus, it helps with the digestion, digestion, the digestion factor as well, right? Yep. For women especially, it helps with the bloating and feeling gross and lethargic. It made me feel great. I If I don't drink enough water, I start to feel it now. Yeah. Bullet number two under eating is dairy. Dairy can carry a high amount of calories. Always seek low-fat, no-fat options. Consume in low-calorie amounts, under 100, and consume just a few times per day. I can't even remember the last time I've had milk or ice cream. Well, yeah, ice cream is not a thing. That's not going on the diet. Yeah, we don't drink milk anymore. I eat yogurt. That's the big one. Greek yogurt, you have Greek yogurt. It still makes me feel gross, lethargic. Hmm. I tend to not use it unless... Or eat it unless we don't have, I haven't gone to the grocery in a while and I need something to snack on. Bullet number three is meat. 
Turkey and fish are the best options as they are the leanest and lowest calorie, but they do not have to be the only ones. Use four ounce portions and watch the calorie count. Yeah, we have gone strictly. I try to go as close to organic as I can. Fish, not as much pork as we used to, not as much chicken as we used to. We do a lot of fish. Yeah, fish is good. Turkey's great. Both of those. Actually, they're both great. I, Still, I like, beef Beef is the highest calorie per ounce. It is. It is. We used to get a quarter cow with your parents, and we're leaning away from that now. I like fish. I like the scallops. I like having just... But you can't take it into the office because it stinks when you reheat it. I do like tuna as a snack, just flat-out tuna. That might be good. I mean, I, I know it's good, but I mean, that might be good to have around. We have cans in there because Ted brought it home the other day. Oh, cans of tuna aren't good. I thought you were thinking... No, it, it, as long as it's in fresh water, not oil. I'd have to look. But tuna tuna out of the can just smells funky to me. Oh, or maybe, I love it. Maybe tuna out of a bag like they sell the crab meat. Do they even do that? Yeah. They, that, d- they flavor it with like lemon pepper and uh, yeah, they have it. That might be good. 100 calories for like a huge pack. Four ounces. Bullet four under eating is veggies. You can eat almost as much as you want, but it is key to know the calorie counts beforehand. A general rule is the more color and the closer it is to green, the fewer calories it will have. Easy on the veggie dip and always know its calories as well. Veggies are my best friend. I can chop up a cucumber and it's like chips. Just yeah. pop them in my mouth, get the crunch. Not it is a lot of flavor, but it's just the eating aspect of it. With or without veggie dip? Without du- veggie oh, dip. you like it without? All right. The, the key there is, is the veggie dip. Like when you're, I mean, good Lord, if you're putting or just taking a regular bottle of ranch and dumping it in a bowl and dipping vegetables in there, no, don't do that. But we get what, Tony Marzetti's? Is that right? Yeah, Tony Marzetti's light ranch dip. It's like 45 calories per ounce. Two tablespoons, yeah. I think it's 28 grams. It's an ounce. Bullet five is fruit. Similar to vegetables, you can almost eat as much as you want, but it also, excuse me, but it is also key to know the calories beforehand. Limit portions to under 100 calories. 100 calories, it would be 10 ounces of strawberries or a little more than a half a pound. <laughs> our kids, we're going through that like a heartbeat. I would no, pick not, up... our, not our kids. That was Marta. <laughs> Teddy's that way down too. Is he? Yeah. I could pick up four to five pounds of strawberries, cut them up for the week, and they're gone halfway through the week. It's crazy. I think, what's your favorite fruit though? I would say strawberries. Okay. I like pineapple. Blueberries and pineapple are right behind it. And then after that, I don't know, not cucumbers. Cucumbers are vegetable. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's seeds in it. Oh, you're right. It's seeds, <laughs> seeds make it a fruit. <laughs> bullet number six is dessert slash junk food. And really, there's two sub bullet points under here. Uh, one, limit these to cheat day and limit them them to one meal, one snack, or one snack on cheat day. Mm-hmm. Not it's cheat day. I get to have dessert with every meal. So if you had to name your top three cheat things. Uh, number one is Oreos. <laughs> yes, I knew you were going to say that. And so it, it, it's key when you do that. So the the easy way to limit yourself and not have that temptation is I could go buy, the, you know, the big regular package of Oreos in the store, or I look for the snack size that has six Oreos in it. I have my six Oreos on Saturday and I'm done. That's it. I don't know what number two and number three would be. That's definitely number one. Mm. If you have yours, go ahead. My number one. Reese's Pieces. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we know each other. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. And I think number two would be the flavored Oreos. And unfortunately, largely, you can only get those in yeah. the giant packs. Yes, but those are those are yummy. And I think number three, can you name it? Lindor trof- chocolates? I don't know. Either jelly beans or gummy bears. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the, the Lindor truffle chocolates would be my number two, I think. 
Hmm. Probably ice cream. Oh no, cake. It would be cake. I was gonna say, you really, really, that wouldn't be your number two. It'd be cake. Yeah, you're right. Cake would be number two. So on cheat day, if I had my preference of desserts, it'd be Oreos, then cake, then the Lindor truffles. You can eat an entire cake by yourself. Yeah. It tastes good, but it hurts. <laughs> this one we haven't done yet on this diet, and I'm glad, but I've almost asked you to pick some up at the grocery store. Under desserts yet, right? A solid substitute for dessert is to have a single serving of your favorite children's cereal. Oh, my God. So children's cereal is generally 150 calories per serving, and it's usually around three quarters of a cup. So you... we're not there yet. Okay. Children's cereal often gets a bad reputation because it has sugar, and it does. But it also has nutritional value and is relatively low in calories. Grab a serving size of 100 to 150. Again, typically three quarters of a cup to a cup and serve dry. That's the other thing. We don't put milk on it. We just eat it dry. And this this should be consumed no more than one or two times per week. Oh, yeah. I, I can't even imagine eating it more than twice a week. That would make well, me this, hurt. This doesn't count as your cheat meal. This counts as your it's Tuesday evening and I have a sweet tooth and need, uh, not, not need, needs a bad word, but I want something and I'm going to allow myself. So go get a single serving of children's cereal. Hmm. Top three. <laughs> Yours is tricks, fruity pebbles, fruity pebbles, cinnamon toast crunch, Reese's puffs, golden grams. Oh, I don't know. I like the Reese's puffs, not the peanut butter ones. Mm-mm. That's what Reese's puffs is. They're the peanut butter ones. Yeah. Cocoa puffs would be good. Yeah. I don't like the the sugar getting all over my fingers and cinnamon toast crunch. Cause when I when we eat these, I don't eat them with a spoon. I eat it with fingers. I don't know. Cookie crunch. Cookie crisp. Yeah, cookie crisp. No, really? not anymore. Apple jacks. <gasps> Captain Crunch. Oh yeah, the berries. The berries mixed with the stuff. You're right. Apple jacks, Captain Crunch. Those would be no, the top two. <laughs> See, I don't even have to be here. You should just do this podcast all by yourself. <laughs> Bye. Now you're making me hungry. I can feel the alcohol, by the way. It's a little more than a six. It's on the higher side. Yeah. And that's why it's getting a little silly. All right. So now we're done with food, but but just two points. That's one on measuring. Measurements do not need to be exact, but should be fairly close, less than 10%. Do not target hitting exactly the right measurement every time, or you may find yourself leaning on the side of excess. If a measurement is a couple grams short, let it be. Odds are that you'll have another measurement that weighs in a couple grams more, right? The next time you eat whatever that is. And then vitamins. Supplement what the body may be missing by taking a once-a-day multivitamin. When we look at why we eat, it's really two things. I feel like it, or emotional eating, or my body is lacking something it needs, right? It's, it's craving iron or vitamin D or whatever it may be. Help eliminate the latter by taking a multivitamin. I think this has drastically changed my approach to this diet this time around. We've tried this intermittent diet before. We've tried calorie counting before. I've tried working out before. There's something different. You picked up, what was it you picked up? An amino acid? Yes. I don't know offhand, actually. It changed everything. My body must have been lacking something, but not only did that amino acid help trigger my need to work out, my satisfaction of working out, the, the ability to curb my cravings, it's helped me stop my insomnia naturally. I've been taking medicine for my insomnia for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I have officially stopped it two weeks ago and haven't had a need for it. Okay. Well, it, it's an herb. I found it in my order history. It's an it's L-citrulline. 
And ultimately, it's a blood vessel dilator. So you can expect up to 10% more blood flow through, so more energy. So I have more energy during the day, and I wear that out by working out and, and eating better. And then I sleep more soundly than I have in years. Yeah, and I'm not going to say it, it definitively works, but it seems to. And as long as you think it is, good enough. Well, it's not even that. It's listen to your body. If your body's oh. craving something, listen to it. Try it. If it doesn't work, try something different. Cautiously listen to it. Yes, cautiously listen to it. Agreed. But most people think that there's a silver bullet when you take pills. There's never a silver bullet. We're all different. We're all unique. Listen to yourself. That Yes, that was what it was. Everybody's looking for the ice cream diet. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't exist. That was my thought when we were talking about calories a little bit ago. Because we're watching calories, right, where there's a certain number. We haven't even talked about that number yet. We should do that. But because we're watching calories, you know, you have a certain amount you're allowed in a day. You could say, I'm just going to do ice cream and I'm going to eat through my calories in this pint of ice cream and I'm done for the day and I can't have anything else. But odds are you're going to feel like crap the rest of the day because you're not going to have the energy that you need to be doing things. But it's a valid potential diet. It's quality over quantity. Yeah, that, that's yes, that's what it gets to. When you start counting calories and minimizing those, you start looking for how can I get that feeling of full? How can I get that energy on the least amount of calories? I have one more section that has four bullet points in it. And this section is titled, I'm doing everything right, but not losing weight. Ugh. This, this is really just to think critically about what's going on. So these are, at least the first one is questions. So this is the bullet. Did you eat more yesterday, more yesterday than you typically would? And when that perspective is right, I got on the scale in the morning and I weigh more than I did yesterday. What happened? Did you eat more volume, not volume, but did you eat more mass, right? Did the food you eat, maybe low in calories, weigh more than the food from the day before? Which happened this weekend, by the way. And it, I was fixated on it. And again, you reminded me, you put more mass in your body. We had pizza this weekend. We had breadsticks this weekend. We don't normally do that. It was our cheat meal. It was our cheat meal. But the scale reflected it and it frustrated me and made me angry and made me mad. And you had to remind me, you put more in than you normally do. It's going to sit somewhere. Just be patient. I don't know what the calorie numbers worked out for us on Saturday because we're not measuring those. Not, I mean, we're, we're looking at it meal by meal, but we're not tracking it, right? But it, when you do a cheat meal on Saturday, you should expect you're going to go up a little bit on Sunday. And it's okay. Yes, it's okay. Just get back into the habit immediately, and it'll come right back off. But when, when you're coming from my perspective, where things have been going so well, and you struggle for years and years, and you see that number go up that much, it's a little devastating. It's a little mental tick in your, in your head that you can't overcome. What? No, you're right. I, I hear what you're saying. Okay, bullet two may make you chuckle. But when was the last time you had a bowel movement? I'm not asking you right now. I'm saying <laughs> if you've know. gained weight on the scale, right, but you're not using the toilet, guess what? That has mass. Yeah, right. It's gross, yes, but this is additional weight your body is carrying around and is not really a part of you. And that's where the water comes in. Yeah, that helps too. Yeah. The more fluid you put in your body, the more fluid that has to come out. It's either you pee or you poop. That's it. <laughs> Bullet three is, are you stressed? Right. And this is both focus on not stress eating yet. But if so, do not stress over losing weight. Keep doing the habits. It will happen. So I find this kind of funny. It's easy for some people to say, don't stress about it. But for other people, it's that's the fixation. That's the OCD. 
you need to address the root of that before you make that blanket statement. Don't stress over it. Well, yes, I'm going to stress over it until I figure out what is causing me that stress, right? And I think that's that's a bigger issue is mental health and and eating go hand in hand. And so when you say don't stress out over it, it's not just the eating. It's you need to figure out what's stressing you out. If you are, seek help. Yes. And it's not a, I failed. It's, you just need help. Yeah. That's, I mean, what is it? It's on, uh, what's the mental health ad that's on podcasts all the time now? I don't know. One of the taglines that people have used with it is when you need help losing weight, you go to the gym and get a physical trainer. When you need help getting things reset in your mind, why are you not seeking a therapist? Something to that effect. I did not put that eloquently at all. Right. But there's been a stigma over the years. And I think this is another episode that we have to have at some point in time is the stigma with with mental health. Yep. I think it'd be fun. But either way, for me, eating and healthiness was directly related to my mental health. I've hit thresholds this year. I haven't, I've been lacking my entire life and it's caused me to slip into a cycle of malnutrition, bad habits, and inactivity. This year? No. Everything in my past. This year, I hit a threshold where I overcame that. I feel like I overcame it and it's changed everything. So if you feel like you're doing all the right things, eating exercising, doing all the right things, there's another aspect of that you could consider. Figure out if you need help with your mental state. There's got to be a root cause of something. If you're doing all the right things, eating right, exercising, and it's still not coming off, seek help. Ask for help. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. Last bullet point, and then I still have one more point I want to make on top of this for all of it that I just forgotten I keep coming back to. It is key to have an open and honest internal monologue with yourself during this process. Always challenge whether you're taking the right action and if you can do better. Don't feel down about what you have not done, but be positive what you commit to do. And getting a little more critical is you need to have that critical thinking process with yourself. I tried looking it up because I know it's a famous quote, but I could not find who said it. But critical thinking, if done properly, should hurt. We should be thinking through this process, challenging ourselves, not just accepting immediately I'm doing the right thing. Challenge it internally. And now that we've gotten through all of this too, we should be clear that you and I are neither doctors nor physical trainers. These are just rules I live by and they seem to work for me. Yeah. We've grown. We're people. We try different things. Do you? So the thing we didn't talk about is calorie intake and what limits should be. Mm. And one of the things I took away from actually Biggest Loser a decade ago is the average person who's getting an average amount of activity per day, whatever that is, let's call it 10,000 steps for, I don't know, simplicity. This does not include exercise. That average person should be eating 13 times their body weight. 13 corresponds to that average amount. So if you're a little less active, drop that down to 12 or 11. If you're a little more active because you're, I don't know, working in a factory all day and you're always moving, maybe bump that up to 14, 15. And if that sounds crazy, let's look at it. So for a 200 pound person, that 13 equates to 2,600 calories per day. If you're a 150 pound person, that's roughly 2,000 calories per day, just a hair under. So the, to me, the 13 makes sense. This is what I need to maintain my size today. Okay. Not gain weight, not lose weight. So if you want to lose weight, start dialing that number back. This is, this is just to help you set the, your calorie goal. I know. This there, is a slippery slope, though, with, the, with addiction. 
uh, that's, an addictive personality. Yes, that's why I think there are there are, not. I think I know there are rules in place. Minimally, I think anyone trying to lose weight should be setting a goal of ten times their body weight in calories. Right, so a hundred and fifty pound person should be targeting fifteen hundred calories a day or less. I like to target eight personally. That's my goal. So for me right now, that's I can't do the math that fast. It's about it's just under thirteen hundred calories per day. It may sound scary to someone who has never counted calories before, but again, when you look at the 1,300 calories per day and I don't want to be hungry all day, then you start figuring out what can I eat, what should I be eating that keeps me under the 1,300 calories, and and you figure it out pretty quick. And then lastly, six times your body weight is the starvation mark. If you start going below that line, you're not going to lose weight because your body's going to enter a starvation mode and start trying to save everything. So that's six times your body weight is the bare minimum. You must get this many calories, no matter how much you want to cut it. So for me, 900 calories, I cannot go below 900 calories per day. I I mean, I can, but should not. And again, just listen to your body. Again, with that critical thinking. Yes, I agree. So challenge yourself. Is this a quality thing or is this a quantity thing? We kept mentioning the biggest loser. I think it got a bad rap, in my opinion. It went down a contest instead of really sticking to its true roots of health and fitness and wellness, mental and physical. And it, for me, that was the turning point, seeing those people that were emotionally wrecked, physically wrecked, and asking for help. I liked those stories, yeah. There was also the stance from the public of why are you giving this person $250,000 to get themselves in shape when I've been doing all that all my life for free? Where's my $250,000, right? And I'm, I'm not asking for that because I took lessons from that show and, and learned as well. But it was the whole fact that some people just needed that little incentive to do something different, try something different. And good for those people that, that do it naturally. I, I, everybody's not the same. No, but the, the people that needed the $250,000 to do it probably need some mental health therapy as well. Right, and that's what they provided as well in that show. I don't remember that part at all. Oh, yeah. You don't remember them going? They had therapists there on site and they had sessions twice a week at least. And they had their family come in and talk to the therapist with them. I don't remember this at all. Really? I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying I don't remember it. It was probably that that show changed my life. I loved it. I thought it was an opportunity. I think the last season, I can't even remember the winner of the last season. I'm not sure we continued watching the last seasons. We watched a lot. We watched five, six, seven seasons, something like that. We still go off of some of their Biggest Loser books or cookbooks. One, yeah. of our, one of my favorite recipes come from that book. Chicken meatloaf? Yeah. Yeah. Most amazing thing ever. And do our friends know it comes from Biggest Loser cookbook? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> you just ruined it. <laughs> or I did. <laughs> we, we both did. <laughs> no, Biggest Loser was a phenomenon, but for me, it changed my life. I started following Jillian Michaels. She was just an inspiration mentally for me. She has good weight loss meals on her app. I just don't want to pay for it. Or I, 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 I don't, don't want to, you to pay for it either. I don't want to pay for them, but those meals were amazing. We we actually use quite a bit of them still. I don't think this came from the app, but just it came to my head. Uh, Zoodle, zucchini noodles is another good substitute that we've mm. switched to as well. You have to cook them right. It's hard. It's a technique. They're very bitter if you don't cook them or prep them correctly but they can substitute for the carb noodles that you normally would get like the other day uh you made a bolognese last night oh yeah explain that what was the bolognese it it was okay we can do better next time but it's 
it's pretty much taking, I think you're supposed to put it over pasta regularly or usually. So when heating up the sauce and the sauce was just, you know, Prego from Kroger, you add veggies to it. And the veggies I chose last night were all cut up or shredded carrots, cucumber, peppers, and onion. Saute those all together to start and then add them into the sauce when it's heating up. And then put the zoodles, um, cook up the zoodles and put them over. So you get that comfort food feeling. And that's what it was for me. It was a comfort food. I just didn't want the carbs. And the whole meal was under 200 calories. Yeah. And it was so filling. The the highest, I know the sauce with the veggies was 840, and then the zoodles were next. I mean, they're nothing plus butter, yeah. right? Zucchini is no calories. I think it was 125 calories for the butter that I put in, and most of that burns off. Or stays behind in the pan. Yeah. So let's call it 60. So let's call it 900 calories for the whole meal, and I actually, we didn't even weigh it, so it doesn't matter. You get eight to, but, but eight, that, ten, eight to 10 meals out of that. Yeah, it was a lot. And it was filling. So- you can do healthy things, healthy options. You just got to look and ask ask for it. Ask for it? Yeah, ask Google. Oh. <laughs> hey, Google, what are healthy zoodle meals? <laughs> 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 My God, I feel a little tipsy. Is it because our calorie count is so low? Could be. Uh, I mean, that and the 14.5% wine. And I may have drank more of this wine than you did this week. Oh, did you spill it? Or not spill it? Did you finish it? Almost. No, I didn't. Is it that time? Do you have anything else you want to add to weight loss? It's a journey. Just put your foot on the path. Try it. You're going to take different routes. Find your path. And then try it. Stick to it. It's okay if you fail. It's okay to start it over. I wouldn't use the word fail. Setback. It's okay to hit setbacks. The key is that critical thinking. Don't just accept the setbacks. Think about what to change. Make the change. I mean, it's really a scientific process. Evaluate it. See how it goes. If it's not working, do it all over again. But it's just not you sometimes. You need to ask for help, and it's okay. Are you talking about therapy? or No. If you need help figuring oh. out what to change, ask for help. It's not You're not alone. There are people out there. There are multiple avenues, multiple different outlets to assist just yeah. ask for it. Try something different. What is it we say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result? Don't do the same thing. Calorie and counting and exercising, doing the same routine, and if it doesn't work, don't force it. Try something different. No, that's all the answer. Just change what the calories and exercise is. It's not, I diet and exercise didn't work for me. I'm going to try the ice cream it's not just diet and exercise it could be mental health it could be it could be other aspects of your life that you need to change so what i'm saying is don't be set that if i'm doing all the calorie counting and i'm doing all the exercise right add to yes. it with mental health don't change right i mean it is diet and exercise that was the whole theme yep something it is agreed oh we didn't talk about cutting out alcohol that's right sorry not cutting out lessening yeah the the thing is when we were i started this process back in 2020 2020 no 2021 for whatever reason i don't remember why but i think i just hit a point where i wasn't happy with my weight again it wasn't terrible i was still in healthy bmi but i wanted to weigh less started doing all these guidelines that we went through and wrote down but because we were still covid-esque we were still drinking every night and not i don't know I don't remember how much we were drinking. We were still having drinks every night. Let's call it that. We weren't getting 
faced. Sure. We were not getting fit chased. What? You're going to bleep me, aren't you? I have to bleep you, or I have to put an ex- or explicative. Explicative. It's <laughs> Use bad words. <laughs> but yes, when I when I was doing all these things, we were still drinking every night, and I was still dropping the weight. I don't... These drinks have calories. I don't think they're all treated equal in the body, and I don't know how to explain that better. I was still dropping the weight. Wine was the primary source of our alcohol. We would also do liquor drinks. Back in 2021, I don't think we were doing a whole ton of beer. No. I mean, we of course we drank beer the bre- once, the, once, once or twice a week, but the breweries were pretty much closed. I mean, there in was twenty twenty one, everything was open, but it wasn't the the supply wasn't there. Yeah, it was. What what supply are you asking for? I don't know. I just I felt like it was not in, as prevalent in twenty twenty one. We were going to Uptown Deli every oh, week. You're that's, right. That's you're the year right. they gave us a Christmas card. Yep. Yep. You're right. I don't remember exactly. I'm sure they had the partitions up even at the bar for a period of time. But anyway, back to the alcohol. Wine did not seem to affect my weight loss. I could drink it till I was full and not have a problem losing weight. Same thing with a lot of the the liquor drinks. I don't recall the beer. I know we were doing Uptown Deli once a week. We were probably doing beer. I was probably doing beer once or twice more. That was the year I think you finally gave up gluten. Oh, no, it was 2019. You gave up gluten before that. So you largely don't do beer anymore. Recently, in the last two months, Allie had her graduation party back in June, and we picked up quite a bit of beer for that. We had quite a bit of beer left over. I've been drinking quite a bit of beer over the last six, eight weeks, and I think that has influenced my weight. And I I don't want to say beer will make you gain weight, drink wine and liquor, and it will not, but that's kind of what I'm leaning towards with my experience. I agree. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it has to do with the hops and the wheat. And, and the carbs. Yeah, it, it's all related. I mean, wine has carbs, but it's all sugar. None of it's yeah, wheat-based. If, if I go straight up and just drink liquor, I'm that's my drink of choice. I don't feel like I'm bloated, gross. Well, I don't feel it. You it's, also don't have to drink as much to get drunk right. or to feel tipsy or whatever rank you're going for. I feel fuller when I drink beer. I yeah. feel fuller when I drink a lot of wine, I don't feel full when I drink liquor. Well, because I can drink 72 ounces of beer in a night or a six pack and not feel the alcohol. I mean, I feel the alcohol, but not be, you know, fit chased. Whereas this bottle of wine is 25 ounces. So that's, you know, roughly a third as much volume of liquid. Okay. I guess it's time for the final sip. Tonight's question is not a question. It's a fill in the blank. I wish people would introduce me by talking about blank rather than blank. I wish people would introduce me by talking about my career rather than my kids or my husband. Hmm. Oh, we got to dig into that a little bit. Oh. We can't just... <laughs> kids make sense. Kids happens a lot, especially to women, I'm sure. Mm. But husband? Yeah. I feel like I, I sit behind you with our friends and our family. Really? Yeah. You are amazing, and you have all these accolades lately. You've lost the weight. You're active. You are handsome, and what it... Who... It's, it's just the beard. I wasn't handsome before the beard. <laughs> you were always handsome to me. <laughs> no, I, I I, just feel like I sit, sit second best to you. You're really smart at work. You have great a great career. I just feel in your shadow sometimes, so... My career is okay. I think you should talk to our friends because I don't get that impression at all. 
I don't think Chris or Sherry think of you as less than to me at all. But if they were to introduce me to people, oh, this is Kevin's wife. Well, Sherry definitely wouldn't. No, and I don't think Chris would either. Yeah, Chris definitely would not. Sorry. My parents do. As Kevin's wife? No, not your daughter or their daughter. Sorry. You are your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Circular. No, I just, that's the way I feel. But my career, though, is one of those things I'm, I'm extraordinarily proud of. I've overcome a lot of stuff. I never went to college. I learned on my fly. And I'm excelling and happy in my career. And that's what I want to be known for is trailblazing for what makes me sing every day. That's why I chose that one. Oh, I'm an advocate. Or, uh, advocate? Yeah, I'm an advocate for Agile. I enjoy it. I love it. I embody it. If it doesn't work, change it. Try something different. Mm-hmm. That should be applied to dieting. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. <laughs> so, uh, not Scrum or Kanban. Now we're getting off track. <laughs> um, I think this is the problem with this question. You, and I, I think of it the same way. I think you were inferring the way people introduce. Oh, no, no. You said kids and, and husband. <sighs> Who does this? Who introduces you as my wife or, I mean, you're going to, with Allie's friends, it's going to be Allie's mom or Teddy's friends. Same thing. Sorry. That is what it is. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's my perception, but that's, that's when I read that question and when I saw it, that was the first thing that came to mind. So I'm curious to see what you would, what you came to your mind when you first said that or saw that. I don't know. I I don't have an awesome answer for me. If you introduced me by anything other than name, I think it would be somebody who exercises and spends too much time behind screens, video screens, right? Computer, whether work or play. And maybe that's just because I put you on a pedestal and I put myself in your shadow and I tried to strive to be as great as you are that I perceive that way. Stop it. That's the way I feel. I'm just trying to be an I can in a world full of I can't. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I know you are. (laughs) I know. It's just different when you're you're talking your spouse or your husband or your significant other. You always want it's hard to be it's hard to be side by side, shoulder to shoulder. One's always gonna be either half step, quarter step ahead. Someone's gonna be playing catch up all the time, mentally or physically. Okay, so when you're when you're introduced to people, you want to be introduced for your career? I want to be known for my trailblazing. I tried something different. Okay. Tell me when when we when we were graduating, when you graduated, and I had Allie, and I was still in school, what was the one thing that everybody told me I needed to do? Get my degree. Get your degree, yeah. What did I not do? Didn't get your degree. <laughs> and where am I now? Getting paid <laughs> <laughs> No, I, 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 that's what I want to be known for is... Everybody told me what I needed to do, and everybody told me I had to do this, and I tried something different, and I am happy, getting healthy, and I love it. I'm okay with people introducing me for the exercise part. Again, this is all hypothetical. This is what I think people say. I'm sure it's not how people think of me at all. Yeah, they call you a DILF. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> all the high school girls. <laughs> I'm okay with the exercise part. I wouldn't, I don't know. I would want it to be for being a person that sets a good example for the way people should live their life. I don't know if that's right. And that's a gray area. So there's room to be wrong or have an opinion anyway. I don't know. 
I thought this was a really good question out of the like nine you gave me. It was only six. Mm-hmm. Felt like nine. Okay. We're going to be a little backwards then because I want to take it back. There is one more point ish. This is not a tip on how to be better at diet and exercising or losing weight or any of that. One of the, the things in that realm that irritates the crap out of me though is when people come up to me and just assume it's easy for me. That drives me nuts. Like, oh yeah, losing weight's easier for you. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. I know. I see it every day. You make choices. You make decisions. I've seen you like literally pull things out and be like, nope, we're not doing that today. I've seen you pull chips out of the drawer and be like, no, oh. we're, we're, we're okay. I don't oh. need this. Oh, we were at work today for this potluck at the picnic. Oh my God, I can only imagine. There were two dozen donuts from Duck Donuts. Do you know how many times I opened the lid and had to go, no, no, no. Duck Donuts? Yeah. Oh, they had two maple bacon. I I was just crossing my fingers that one of the times I opened the lid, there was going to be a quarter because somebody you know cut it into quarters or something and a quarter would be gone. I would eat that. <laughs> Oh, those are secret sins. I oh. had I had no desserts today. My my cheats at lunch today. I had a samosa, Samoa, samosa, Samoa. All right, samosa, samosa, it, the Indian fried dish, and then three little boneless chunks from BW threes. Mm. Jimmy John's was catered in instead of burgers, which is nice. That is nice. Okay, so I'm appreciating Indian food way more than I have in the past. So their sweets, now that we've cut out like a lot of the refined sugar, are actually sweet to me now. Okay, so the refined sugar that we have here in the U.S. is really over-the-top sweet. Yeah, I mean, to the point where people from India buy it to take it back to India and give it away. When I taste the Indian sugar now, so who came... Rakesh came from India a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. a couple, yeah, three or four weeks ago. The it's like the almond bar treats. Yes, those are my favorite. Oh my god, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's amazing. They don't have the refined sugar in it, but it's—I don't know what they call it. It's crack for me right now. The closest I think it comes to in America, and it's not the same, but it's close, is eating a shortbread cookie from the Girl Scouts. Oh yes, it has that same texture, and the taste is similar, but it's not the same. No, but it's 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 my new jam. It has just enough sweetness to it, and I never thought it was sweet before. Is it because we've cut out all the sugar? No, I've I've loved those for years. Okay, so you went to a potluck today, and my my team doesn't do potlucks. What they do do is order in food. Do 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 do. <laughs> they order in food. You came down the other day, and they had pizza just splayed out and the the admin that bought the pizza was like oh i got you gluten-free pizza i didn't touch it she had two full gluten-free pizzas left and i'm like you didn't ask me i didn't want pizza i wouldn't have eaten it anyway wait did you say that to her no i didn't say right. that i felt bad like i get it i called your story out today though at the potluck because they catered in it wasn't catered jimmy john's but they had enough I don't know. With, with Allie's graduation, we had three boxes, right? So we mm. four boxes. It doesn't matter. In fact, I don't even know how many are in a box, so it doesn't help anyone listening to me talk anyway. But um, we had one and a half boxes for this, and we had enough. But I called this out because that was our comment the other day, right? They catered in pizza for the same price you could have catered in Jimmy John's. Yeah. And it's way healthier. Yeah. Even with the bread. Yeah. The grease, the cheese, the... 
I don't think we got any cheese on those Jimmy Johns. It was just meat and veggies. Nope. So I had a, actually, I don't even think it was three or four inch little slice of turkey Jimmy Johns today. Speaking of Jimmy Johns, that is my go-to fast food. The Unwitch with no cheese. I like them during Lent. You can get the tuna. Oh, it's too sloppy for me lately. The tuna tastes like tuna we make at home. I can make that tuna all day long. I, man. <laughs> <laughs> this made me really warm, by the way. Yep, it was good. This has been a lot of good conversation about weight loss. That's it for us tonight. Until next time, remember, size matters. Nobody likes a small glass of wine. What an agent, what a squirrel. He's got the country in a world. What's his name? Shh, secret He's got tricks. Sherry and I get, what is it? One, two, three, four, eight, eight cards. <laughs> and it's just like... <gasps> When did the two of you get to be 70? <laughs> it's fun. I-16. You suck my battle check. <laughs> <laughs> What's that again? You suck my battle check. <laughs> this wine had too much alcohol. Let me tell you something. What is that? Bar Fire Marshal Bill. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then. That's a different character. <laughs> Same actor. <laughs> and a All little... Right. Homie, don't play that. <laughs> He's got like the sockies that everybody wants. <laughs> soap in the bottom and he's like <gasps> swinging it around like <laughs> that wouldn't even work so if i had like a 16 inch inflatable balloon i just carried around with me kevin don't play that <laughs> <laughs> i pulled out a porch night <laughs> this is so stupid wow can you hear him? <laughs> 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 <laughs>